This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hiram Blood was murdered. He was part of a group of scientifically-minded intellectuals called the Four Elementals. One of these elementals, Eugene Nedley, is currently meeting with police commissioner Theodore Roosevelt. And Commissioner Roosevelt has a strong hunch about who was behind it. I realized who murdered your friend. Oh, this is big. This is... yes. What we are dealing with is some sort of deranged madman wielding fish-based weaponry. The Killer Eel, he might call himself, or... (gasps) The Fishmonger! What? Who? The Fishmonger. A blackguard who strikes with igno terror in the night. Mervillain, you will be stopped. By this, I swear! Yes, 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 that must be it! I don't think that's it. Oh, most officer doubles, your reach extends your grasp. And not just because you have small arms. I have small arms? I'm sorry, I wasn't going to say, but yes, it's true, you do. That's a great theory, but I was thinking it might be someone from Big Whale Oil, like Blubberton or the Fluke Brothers. That's just what the fishmonger wants you to believe. This evil, vile person I just thought of has probably been on a reign of aqua structure for years. Right, Sergeant Fitz? Holy Mary, Seamus Conley, it could be. Or gang violence. True, you'd be surprised by the number of violent ne'er-do-wells, the Bowery Boys, the Plug Uglies, the Dead Rabbits, the Velvet Spankers, the Blowhole Gang. Wait, what What was the last the one? The Blowhole Gang? Oh, they're a bunch of former fishermen and sailors who gave up the sea to practice land piracy. You can recognize them by their eye patches, which they wear whether they need them or not. Bula, Bula. Think of all them half-blind orphans who could be using them patches. Horrible. That could be it. Though Blubberton's CEO, Henry B. Lubbins, and Hiram were often at odds. Listen, what makes the most sense? Gang violence? A business vendetta? Or an evil cur using the power of fish to bring scaly havoc upon us? No, don't answer. No, the answer is obvious. The fishmonger! Um, alright. So, I should tell my friends about... You're concerned. I know. You should be. Look... I'll assign almost officer doubles to help you out. And if I solve the case, I'll be made a lieutenant. What? You already agreed. I did? Oh, in that case, bully for you. But commissioner... I already said bully. Bully! That settles it. Off you all go. I have commissionering to do. Come on, Gene. Let's go. Yes, run along. But no, fishmonger. Your time has come. From the sewers and sludge of this city, a hero will arise. Seemingly mild-mannered, but when night comes, bully. What was that, sir? Oh, 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 you're still here, Sergeant Fitz. Don't, don't worry. I wasn't listening a tick. Off I go now. Oh, yes, okay. Good day, then. 
I'm coming for you, fishmonger. And with that, the commissioner ran off to places unknown. Meanwhile, at Andres's greenhouse, our faces known, Eugene, Marianne, Andres, and Shandell Doubles Blum, met to catch up after the long, eventful night. I don't think there's a fishmonger. So he's no help. No, but he was very eager. Eager indeed. And now we're stuck with this flat foot. <sighs> it's why I can't walk in heels. But so exactly, Ned. I'll protect you all. I've heard that line before. Then you run off and abandon us in the Sonoran Desert with only a cactus to drink and a scorpion for company. Did that happen or was it a metaphor? The desert happened. The cactus was a metaphor. The scorpion was an anaphora. Noted. Anyway, I think... Why are you staring at me? Is it my missing hand? Or my horribly scarred eye? No! Vodan! Is that what those are? I, I was just looking at you because you were talking. Oh, talk, talk, talk. It's all we do. <laughs> we fought that mummy. True. Uh, but go on, Marianne. You were talking about how all we do is talk. Talk more about that. I wanted to bury Hiram at sea. But with all the piracy going on just offshore, that guy Bullweevil is raiding ships. We'll have to settle for a land burial. It's terrible. The ground is... Ugh. It's easy to blame the ground. But it's where plants come from. Plants. <laughs> yes, plants. Maybe you'll like him more now that he's feeding the plants. What are you suggesting? In mixed company? My dear Angus, whatever could I mean? Something about the ground. That's what I'm getting. Yes, Eugene. The very ground may be the final answer to all of this. We have to remember our common enemy. The fishmonger? There is no fishmonger! Sorry. That was improper of me to be so... emotional. I apologize to all of you. My brother was my rock, my... But... My emotional outbursts are for the page, not for conversations. Where does it end? Just today I was at the Wordsman Club and I overheard the worst of things. Here you go, for the reading next Thursday. Wonderful, wonderful. We look forward to reading them. But have you thought about our comments? Censorship, you mean. The Cowabungus Corporation is very powerful, and you wrote a whole rondeau attacking them. Corporations can only be stopped by poetry. Poetry will bring them down. Unless we are cowed and corporations manage to shove poetry aside and turn the people against the versed arts. But your editor said that you... I fired him. My work is my own now. Well, I don't know if we can find room for you at the next reading, but... Is that so? As they say, like a sestina at a sonnet party, one cannot envoy too long. I'll show you all. You are letting poetry fall into the hands of the elite. They'll strangle it. And us. We need to do something. Something big. And then I said, something big. Again. And then I ate a small cracker. They have excellent crackers there. But really, the nerve. I don't get it. What happened? A sestina? Really? Need I go on? Yes. Look. This whole blowhole gang seems to be a good lead. As does Blubberton. Henry B. Lubbins and Hiram had some business, and it seems to be 
unfinished. Like that famous painting? Which one? I don't know. I just wanted to contribute. Well, the painting of our doom at the mystery in this case needs to be solved. And solved like Prussian blue or transubstantiation red. Oh, let us not bring the European color war into this. Listen to me, Eugene Nedley. I'll go down to this blowhole gang and give them the skitty on the shingle. I speak their argow with my slangular jivney. See, sister? I'm an upturned rascal. Why don't I talk to the blowhole gang? You're just so soft. Oh, thank goodness. I realized it was a terrible idea just as I said it. So instead, Eugene and I will go speak to Lubbins at the Blubberton headquarters in Whale Distillery in the Whale District in Little Beluga Town. And I'll go with Mary Ann. This is a Simca of an adventure. No, I think I should do this alone. Because I'm Jewish? No. Because I'm a woman? No. Oh, that's surprising. It's usually one of those two. It's because you're a copper. Almost. Close enough. Those gangs can smell a policeman from a mile off. Well, we do put a sprig of juniper in our boot. Also, lack of bathing. It's why they call the police the stinking service. Plus, we don't need a nanny. We are the four elementals. We can take care of ourselves. Right, but also, can you help me? I got my arm caught in this jar. Just unclench your hand. See? Huh. It pops right out. Huzzah! Fair enough. I could use a schwitz. Let us regroup tomorrow at Eugene's braid thing? You're coming? I was ordered to. Goody! Mandatory attendance is why most people are coming. They're letting several prisoners come as a punishment. And before you say anything, yes, the court upheld. It was cruel and unusual, but they're doing it anyway. Mazel tov? Don't encourage him. Oh, but since you all like Shakespeare so much with the whole birds thing... Tonight I have extra tickets to the Jewish Decency League's production of Merchant of Venice. It starts at eight. I have dinner plans half past. Oh, that's fine. The whole production is about ten minutes. The Decency League censored most of it. Now it's just the first couple of lines, then Shylock wins a cruise to Jamaica, and then everyone does a little dance. The head of the Decency League also owns a new ship that does trips to Jamaica. It's mostly an advert for the SS Shlomo. Take a slow boat to Jamaica. <laughs> That's their slogan. We'll pass. Come on, Eugene. Let's get to Blubberton. And with that, Angus and Eugene headed off. Marianne made her way down to the Five Points to find the Blowhole Gang. I found one review of the Decency League's Merchant of Venice in a Yiddish paper. The entirety of the review reads, Oi. Anyway, let's move our focus to the gilded office building at Bailing Plaza. This plaza no longer exists, as it was destroyed by Robert Moses because that's what he did. But at this time in history, its red brick facade was adorned with a relief of whales and various stages of being gutted and quartered. The interior, where Eugene and Angus waited, was gilded, and there were several small fountains of whales shooting water from harpoon holes. A large iron door in the shape of a ship loomed before them. What is taking so long? I gave them my card. If we don't follow the rules of decency, what would we be? True, but... Indeed, we'd be a true butt. The large door opens and a lanky, fussy man steps into the entryway. It's Ellis E. Ellison, Mr. Lubbin's personal secretary. Did someone slide a five of clubs under the door? My card? Yes. Why? Why? My 32nd favorite letter. But we're not here about letters, fella. We're here about murder. 
Whale murder. Oh, we do that down at the refinery. Scoop the good bobs and sell the rest. Sell this? I'm talking people. Sell people? Well, not since the 13th Amendment. Damn government regulations. Overreach. Now it's just whales. We're here to see Lubbins. Do you have an appointment? Do I need an appointment to accuse him of murder? Yes. Oh. I can pencil you in. How's your April looking? Our friend is dead and our accusations can't wait. I have a brief window tomorrow morning. Oh, that's... that's... mm, that's the bird release. Do you have something after five? No. Oh. Well, maybe I could skip the... No, Eugene, it's your big day. How about the next day? Oh, fine. But it has to be early. Mr. Lubbins likes to go to his midweek mansion early. Mrs. Lubbins is hosting a Dutch shoot. A Dutch shoot was a popular party game at the time where the nouveau riche would go to Europe, buy paintings by Dutch masters, and then have them thrown into the air so that the revelers could shoot at them with the latest Winchester rifles. A terrible hobby. We've lost so many Van Eyck's. If you kill a painting, you gain its powers, so the legend goes. Plus, they're all so dreary. Men in ruffled collars and terrible facial hair. I penciled you in for 9.30, and the reason again for your meeting? Accusing him of murder. Right, right. All set. See you Wednesday. Now I'll stand here quietly while you talk amongst yourselves. We did it. Sort of. We made an appointment. I'm proud of us. But we can't sit on our laurels. I'm going to research various swords and fishes to see where they intersect. I'll fill in Marianne and then meet up with you at the Shakespearean bird release tomorrow. Excellent. Excellent. I should check in on the birds at the Acclimatization Society headquarters in the armory. Let us away! away! I did a good job of being quiet. Good work, Alice. Good work. Excuse me, I'd like to make an appointment? Sorry, I'm on break. No more appointments. Oh, sorry. We stayed with that scene too long. Life, it keeps going, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, now let us travel uptown to the home of the American Acclimatization Society, a group whose mission was to bring interesting flora and fauna to the Americas for economic and cultural reasons. Currently, the loud chirps of Shakespearean birds were driving another member, Cullen Brooks, Close to madness. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Oh my God, shut up. Aren't they wonderful, Cullen? No, they're terrible. But imagine them. Yes, yes, in flight. I, yeah, I get it. Yes, yes. I was going to say in crates, chirping. Well, that's what they're doing now. A dream come true. I hate you so much. What? I'm sorry, it's hard to hear over the chirping. What? T- you can't. Um, what? Uh, sorry, sorry. have you collected the is... bugs to feed them like I asked? What? Let me close this door. Why did that work? Open doors scare birds. If you close a door, they quiet down. That's science. I was asking if you caught bugs for them. Well, I am not some bug catcher. Okay, I ordered a bunch of lettuce. It's over there. They need bugs. You need bugs. Forget it, and forget you. I am done with this society. It's too limited. I have aligned myself with a greater force. God? What? No. Just then, from the corner of the room, a large Frenchman in a diving suit walks toward them. It's odd Eugene didn't notice him before. He holds a bellows that he keeps pumping so the air flows through the suit. What? Who? What? Who, indeed. This is Comte Le Jacques Huguenot, the French naturalist. Why is he in the full body suit? 
Was he horribly disfigured in a fromage accident? He's a student of the works of Duke Buffon, who believed that the air and climate of America made its animals and people weak and inferior compared to the strong, robust European stock. Didn't Thomas Jefferson disprove that by sending him a moose? He believes the moose is a hoax. And he brought enough French air to last a lifetime. He is afraid his virility and very natural masculinity would shrink up if he sniffed our feminine atmosphere. Okay. He's also very rich. He bought a small town on the Hudson that he will dome over and create a new France with air imported from Mont Blanc and filled with French marmots. He loves marmots. To eat. To pet. To wear his shoes. To pull wagons. All the normal marmot uses. And I'm going with him. <laughs> He's to make me supervisor. Supervisor. Yes, fine, average visor, but it's it's still better than this putrid city. So I'm off. I'm done with this dumb society that gives in to your whims because your family funds all this bird-brained nonsense. Also, I'm taking these anchovies that came delivered to you earlier. They're my anchovies now. So stuff it, Nedley. Anchovies? Delivered? Me? Wait, wait. No, no one gifts anchovies. It's a trap. It's, 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 it's a, it's a boobied trap. Don't take those chovies. No, my chovies. Let me just violently shake the anchovy box to show you how much they are mine. No. No. What? An explosion? Exploding anchovies. Explode chovies. Anchplodies. Another attack against the four elementals. Conta, your suit is ripped. Are you all right? No, come back, Count. Come back, Count. It's just a small rip. I can patch it. I can patch it. You've ruined me. I'll never catch him. Damn you, Eugene. One day, I shall have my revenge on you. Right. But are you still coming to the bird release? You can stuff those birds right where... Oh, lots of blood loss from the anchovy shrapnel. I should really get to the Knickerbocker Hospital. Can you... Can you call me a... Can you... Call me a... Carriage. You're a carriage. (laughs) Oh, you are really getting blood on... I'll get a carriage. Eugene took Cullen to the hospital, where he later died from his injuries. It was sad, but he hung on for several weeks, so it really isn't germane to our story. The Frenchman, after bumping into many people due to running in a blind panic, would eventually settle down and even found a small city called Donksylvania. He died later as well due to heart disease from eating too many marmots. I mean, everyone dies in the end. It's the sad nature of our existence. Speaking of existence, let's exist in another scene, away from all that. Later, in the secret lair of the blowhole gang. So there I was, robbing this Mm, person? A statue. Gesundheit. Uh, Well, well, thank you, but no, I, I don't partake ever since the incident. But anyway, it was a statue of a centaur. 
Hey, in this rich Malouk's house, he liked to dress it up in all these weird, frilly, lacy Enough things. Enough of your prattle. Uh, sorry, Pirate Penny. As much as I enjoy hearing about your felonious deeds, we must focus on the larger task at hand. Yeah, that giant hand. Or is it a foot? Oh, he's struggling. Go tend to him. Right away. Yes. Everything is coming together. Soon the whole city will understand everything. Like what? Huh? Oh, you know, the whole plan. Have you not been paying attention? I kind of drift in and out. I'm new to gang life. Uh, it's simple in its complexity. Here goes. First Pirate we- Penny. Pirate Penny! Pirate Penny! Pirate Penny! Who interrupts me while I am pontificating? Just a humble goon, your pirateness. But I have news. The Boston Bean Eaters hit a home run in the fourth. Also, the box of exploding anchovies failed to hit the target. Oh, quickly tell me. Who hit the homer? Biff Daniels. The Bean Eaters ended up beating the Brooklyn Bridegrooms after Billy Pickler got hit with a pitch and caused a riot. So, a Brooklyn no-win and a Bean Eater beanball brawl that solved all? Yeah, more or less. Didn't the season already end? This was a special game they set up for the Crown Prince of Bohemia. He was badly injured. Injured European royalty is of no concern. Get the saw bones their bone saws and go get to work on the legs. We have a schedule to keep, and keep it we shall. What dark deeds do the blowhole gang and Pirate Penny have in store? Will they attempt an attack during the Shakespeare bird release? We'll get to that later. But let us end this chapter with the Yiddish League of Decency's production of The Merchant of Venice, taken from the Wednesday English version called The Shiksa's Matinee. In sooth, I know not why I am so sad. It wearies me. You say it wearies you. But how I caught it, found it, or came by it, what stuff it is made of, whereof it is born... Oh, wait, look, with yon eyes there. It's the Jew Shylock with the air. He enters with Basenio. And then... Something... Something rhyming with Basenio. Three thousand ducats, well. Aye, sir, for a goyim's cruise. What do I look like, some sort of Rockefeller? How about your helper, fella? Hello! <laughs> Hello! I'm Shlomo Silverstein of Shlomo Cruises, and I want to give you, Shylock, a free cruise because you have lived a hard life, and it won't cost you a pound of flesh. Cruises to Jamaica, leaving from Miami. Great train rates available. Tell old man Winter to kick rocks! L'chaim! Let's dance! The Landwell Murders is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan A. Goldberg with music by Matt Roy Berger. It was directed by James Oliva and mixed by Martin D. Fowler. To learn more about the show, visit landwellpod.com. To learn less about the show, have a small piece of your memory removed and store it in a memory jar. I have mine right... Uh, what does me think of again? Oh, well, anyway, stay fishy and always watch the waves. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.